You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong, believe, and be renewed along the way. Having been a pastor now and doing this pastor thing for over 24 years, I've I had the opportunity to walk through uh, some times of grief with numerous people and numerous families. Um, and this, this doesn't only happen during a time of a death of a loved one, which is, that's when it's most prevalent. And uh, you think about times of funerals and memorial services and, and just being there to pastor and speak uh, at these, in these moments. Uh, one family handled their grief by each writing a short note to the deceased. It was father, grandfather, friend. And each person wrote that, that, that wanted to wrote a short note in which the funeral service was basically me uh, sharing some scripture and a few thoughts and then reading these notes from each family member to the deceased father, grandfather, friend. And um, there it, turned, it was quite beautiful, actually. I didn't know how it would work out. I always, when I do services like this, I tend to let it go how how the folks, how the family wants it to go and just am, am at their disposal. So I read these and it was beautiful. And there was tears and laughter filling the room as I read each letter. And then the last letter came and it was, get this, it was from the dog. It was from the dog. Obviously, somebody wrote it on the dog's behalf from the dog's perspective. But you know what? It's the only time I've ever broken down and cried during while I was speaking at a funeral, uh, as I was speaking at any kind of memorial. So, and that's including my own grandmother, my mamaw. Uh, one, all of my grandparents have passed away, but I, I did uh, speak uh, momentarily at uh, my my grandfather, my grandmother's funeral, and, and read her favorite psalm from the from the scriptures and. And, and even then, you know, I loved I loved her so much, still do. But the only time I broke it down and cried was when I read the letter from the dog. <laughs> the people deal with grief in all kinds of ways. So, so what are some ways that you can think of how people deal with grief? How do you deal with grief? Today we're wrapping up our series and we're looking at various ways we get wounded in life and how these wounds often leave scars. And while we may feel like it's a good idea right now to issue a trigger warning on this topic, the good news is we've been discovering that whatever scars we have, there is hope. And if you're dealing with grief right now, you're not alone. And in one way or another, we, we've all been scarred by grief. So we're all, we all know what it's like. So we're in John chapter 11 today. We're going to read one more story from the Gospel of John in this series of how Jesus met people in their woundedness and how Jesus, uh, how, how the scars from those wounds remind us that Jesus heals. And so John chapter 11 is uh, where we find Jesus. He's been out doing amazing things like Jesus does. Like I always say, Jesus out doing Jesus stuff. He's been healing people and, and he's been forgiving their sins. And a lot of people were putting their faith in Jesus, but there were others who were trying to arrest him and even kill him. And so that's the, the kind of the backdrop uh, for, for this story. And it's in John chapter 11, beginning in verse one. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured an expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped him with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. 
But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? And Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is a danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. And now I will go wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he he will soon get better. They, They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told him, told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to the fellow disciples, let's go too, and die with Jesus. <laughs> when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Excuse me. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into this world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to see him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, so they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Then Jesus saw her weeping, and he saw the other people wailing with her, and a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see, and then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that, that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his feet and hands bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So we're going to dive in that, to that, this, this story a little bit deeper today with this big idea. Death is a part of life and the grief that goes with it. With Jesus, you're never alone in your grief. Death is a part of life and the grief that goes with it. With Jesus, you are never alone in your grief. So let's talk about this reality that grief, grief is a part of life, okay? And maybe you, like, remember Charlie Brown who would say good grief? 
Like that's where when I think of when I hear grief, I immediately think Charlie Brown saying good grief. And I always wondered what's so good about grief. Charlie Brown's famous cliche is an expression of surprise, dismay, disappointment and, and or any negative emotion. Good grief. Char- I mean, how could it be? How could it be good? And Charlie Brown is the definition of awkward and nothing ever goes his way. So it's a fitting catchphrase. Something happens and Charlie Brown says, good grief. When, when, when have you had a good grief moment? Something just happens and you're just good grief. This is this is this is a good grief moment for Jesus and his friends. That they get the message that their friend Lazarus is very sick. And Jesus, who knows what, what he's doing, even when it doesn't make sense to us, waits a couple of days to respond. Lazarus has actually died when Jesus says, Let's go back to Judea. Our friend Lazarus is dead. Let's go see him. And the disciples are like, Good grief, Jesus. Good grief. Only only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you to death. Are you serious? In times of grief, it can be difficult to know the next step to take. Even for Jesus, grief is a part of life. And he is pretty adamant that they are going to go back, even though it's dangerous, because God is up to something in the midst of their grief. Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. In times of grief, saying things like, everything happens for a reason, typically isn't really helpful, is it? I mean, we understand it comes from a heart of someone who cares and is trying to help. And, and, and we, you know, I try to, to err on the side of when somebody says those kind of things just to say, okay, I, yeah, that's, that's true. Things do happen for a reason. And if we're being honest, we don't always know what to say in those moments like these either, do we? But Jesus, yes, with Jesus, everything happens for a reason. And everything happens for a reason. And that reason is life. Life happens. The good, the bad, the ugly, the strange, the beautiful, the painful, life happens. Things die. Yes, yes, people we love. Plants die. Dreams die. Relationships die. Businesses and organizations die. Even churches die. Death is a part of every life cycle, meaning that grief is a part of life. So death is a part of life and the grief that goes with it. But with Jesus, you're never alone in your grief. See, Jesus can relate to your pain. My friend Chris recently uh, texted me and said, uh, would I want to come till his garden <laughs> with my tiller? Because his tiller died. And we worked out a thing. I, the timing with his schedule and mine didn't work out for me to come and till his garden. But I definitely let him borrow my tiller. And uh, and I've been there a couple of summers ago. Man, my riding mower died. And I had this, this big yard. And I mowed it all summer with a broken down push mower. When I say broken down, the push mower was busted up. But I, 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 I had to do it. So when it comes to mechanical stuff breaking down, I'm no Mr. Fix-It, but I definitely can relate to your pain. How do you feel when someone can honestly relate to your pain? There's, there's something about, about Jesus that I don't think we remind ourselves of enough. Jesus 100% can relate to what you're going through. This is beautiful. Jesus can 100% relate to what you are going through. Lazarus is a close friend of Jesus, and he's died. And Jesus felt that. And then his followers, he says to his followers, let's go see him. 
Here's where we get Thomas. He's one of the disciples. He speaks up. And you've, have you ever heard of Doubting Thomas? Well, it's the same guy. Because, because after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, he had some doubts about the validity of the story of the other disciples that they had seen Jesus back to life because he wasn't there when Jesus showed up. Doubting Thomas. But here he says, without any doubt, let's go with Jesus and die with Jesus if that's what it takes. He's like, we might as well go with him and die with him if that's what it takes. When you're filled with doubt, keep following Jesus. Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they're, they're all of them close friends of Jesus. And, and, and uh, uh, Martha runs out to meet Jesus. If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now Martha makes a statement of faith, and Jesus gives her hope. Your brother will live again. After she speaks with Jesus, Martha goes to get Mary, and Mary immediately went to him. The people gathered to mourn for Lazarus. They thought that Mary's going to Lazarus' grave to cry, so they followed her. That's that's what they're there for. They're actually paid to be there and mourn. And so Mary goes to the grave to, to, to cry. We go to the grave with her. But when Mary got to Jesus, she said the same thing her sister had said. If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, as, as Jesus saw Mary and Martha and all the people wailing in grief, the scripture says he was angry in his spirit. He was deeply troubled. He felt his own grief, and with unmatchable empathy, Jesus felt their grief just as much. And then Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Some, some, of, the, some of the people nearby made snide comments. Jesus healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? But then in verse 38, Jesus says, Jesus, they say Jesus was, it says, sorry, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the grave. That's what this verse 38 tells us that. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the grave. There's a lot of speculation as to why Jesus was angry. I believe that the, here's the Messiah, the Son of God himself, right here in their midst. And outside of Martha, they don't even recognize it. They don't even recognize it. They're paid to, they're not even filled with actual grief. They are, they're paid to be there and mourn. That's why Jesus is so angry. Jesus experiences every emotion that we do. Get that? Jesus experiences every emotion that you do. So, so don't ever feel like a supernatural God who is spirit, could never understand what you're going through. That's Jesus, fully God yet fully human. We have a God who can relate to your pain. Every living thing has a life cycle, and death is a part of that life cycle. But not only can Jesus relate to your pain, here's the part you didn't see coming. Death is not the end. I look back, and I, I mentioned speaking at my, my mamma, Helen, Helen Nelson, uh, funeral. I think of August and Helen Nelson, and Jack and Lucille Joyner, my grandparents. All passed away years ago. All passed away years ago. But, but so many of their words and experiences live on for those of us blessed to be their family. In a way, this is the same when we lose a pet or when we, we lose a job that we loved or when, or when a relationship ends. It's, it's what we do with the experiences and memories that life goes on. See, there is life after death. How have you experienced life after death? How does... A loved one live on with you. How does a relationship hold it, hold, keep stay alive in your memories? How does how does a particular season that's ended and died? How does it how does it live on in your life? Jesus has told Martha, uh, 
when she ran out to meet him. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Then at the cave, which served as a grave for Lazarus, she told him, or, or Jesus told them, roll the stone away. Not so he could go in and see Lazarus for himself, but so Lazarus could come out of the grave. In this life, you will experience grief. And typically, you will go through stages of grief. And there's, there's differing opinions on how many stages of grief there are, but there's, there's five here that are, that are pretty much agreed upon. There's five. Some, some have like there's seven or more stages of grief, but you kind of break them down. They, all, the, all these lists include these five. First is denial. And, and, and these aren't necessarily, don't necessarily go in order either. Just let's clarify that. Five stages of grief isn't one stage to the next, but these are the stages you go in. Denial. It's, it's, it's normal to rationalize overwhelming emotions. It's a, it's a defense mechanism that softens the initial shock of loss. Denial is a part of grief. Another stage is anger. Anger is as the pain of the loss takes hold. Man, we search for blame. We may feel intense guilt. We may often lash out at ourselves at others. This is where, this is where we have those, those Facebook posts that you know what I'm talking about that we shouldn't put there, but we do because of we're in the stage of anger. We're in stage of grief. That's anger. And then there's the stage of grief called bargaining. Bargaining is where we begin to think and have all these questions like, what if? What if this? What if that? What if this had been different? What if that had been different? Bargaining provides temporary relief from the pain. Bargaining provides a glimmer of hope and gives you time to adjust to the reality of situation. You're wrestling with it. That's what it is. Another stage of grief is depression. And this isn't the mental, the mental illness depression. This is, this is an appropriate response to loss. If you've experienced a great loss, if you've experienced the death of a loved one or even a family pet or, or a, a relationship has, has died and you're in, this, you're in depression, that is not, that is not bad. It's, that is okay. It's an appropriate response to loss. It's part of grief. And this may look or feel like intense sadness. It may look and feel like, like trouble sleeping, loss of appetite, no motivation to do anything. You know what depression is. It's a part of grief. And then there's a stage of acceptance. It's a stage of grief, acceptance. And this isn't, this isn't to say like you're okay with everything now. Acceptance isn't, okay, I'm okay, it's all good. Acceptance is accepting the reality of the loss and that nothing can change the reality. That's what acceptance. Acceptance gives you like this is re- this is real. This is real. So Jesus calls, Lazarus, come out, and Lazarus comes out, wrapped up like a mummy, and Jesus says, "Unwrap him and let him go." That's one of my favorite parts of this entire story. Unwrap him and let him go. I can hear the like the joy that, that Jesus has been angry and sad, and now he knows that something's happening, and it's going to change everything. And it does, by the way. Continue reading the story, and they were not not only that they were trying to 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 to, to execute Jesus. Now, now they they wanted to kill Lazarus too, because this was proof of who Jesus was. <laughs> Unwrap him and let him go. What are you What are you wrapped up in? What are you wrapped up in? Jesus wants to set you free. Where there is death, there is resurrection. It, it, won't, it won't look like it did before because what was before died, okay? Okay? Jesus has walked with you through the grief, and now Jesus says to whatever you're wrapped up in, unwrap him, unwrap her, let them go. 
Death is a part of life and the grief that goes with it. With Jesus, you are never alone in your grief. So here's the next step. Talk to someone. Talk to someone about your loss and your grief. Talk to a trusted friend or, or you know, your pastor. Maybe you need to talk to a professional counselor. That's okay. That's good. But definitely, definitely talk to God. Definitely, definitely talk to the God who has not left you alone in your grief. Father, we, we come to you right now, and I don't know who's a part of the congregation listening to this today, but I know we're all acquainted with grief. And for those times when we experience death, death of a loved one for sure, death of a pet, death of a, a situation in life, death of a relationship, death of a marriage, death of, death of a job, a, a, a career. Father, thank you for walking with us through these things. Thank you for walking through us with life and that we have a God who can relate to what we go through. Thank you, Jesus, for being, for being our God, for being our Savior, for being our friend. And now, Lord, for those maybe listening at this very moment who are wrapped up in grief, and they're in one of these stages of grief, and in whatever stage it is, it's, it's, Lord, you're right there with them. There's not a stage of grief that you're not acquainted with. There's not a stage of grief that we go through alone. And so, Lord, thank you for that. But also, Lord, I pray your, your healing. Healing, Lord, of the wounds that death and grief have caused. And that when we look back at the scars that are left, that we would look back and remember how you healed us. Thank you for healing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you've been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.